You are listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast, and we are back with a traditional Friday Five episode where we highlight five very important items from the week that you should know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and we're getting back into the swing of things here on the podcast. Still working on getting over the cold I acquired over my holiday break, so fingers crossed that it moves on soon, but just wanted to give you a heads up in case my voice starts to crack or if I sound funny. Honey-infused tea can only do so much. That aside, let's get into our list because we've got some important ground to cover. First up, at number one on our list, Definitely most important in our industry right now, the CMS Medicare Program Contract Year 2025 Proposed Rule. I'm not here to give an opinion on the proposed rule, but I do feel like I need to give some context. Each year, CMS publishes their proposed rule outlining potential changes set to occur for the next contract year. In the 2025 proposed rule, there are some changes that could significantly affect FMOs, insurance agents, and those shopping for Medicare plans. If you are also concerned about potential changes and would like to take action, we will be linking to a petition put out by the coalition Americans for Beneficiary Choice. On that site, You can read the letter they've put together, and you can sign the petition asking CMS to reconsider the changes outlined in the proposed rule. There is a deadline to participate today, January 5th, by 5 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to pause this episode and take a minute to do that now, well, that is the great thing about a podcast. You can listen on demand at your own discretion and pause when you need to. Everyone back? Let's move on to number two on our list. Still a little over a week to go in the ACA open enrollment period for contract year 2024. As we've been out for the holidays, I didn't have a chance to talk about the second national snapshot. And looking at the numbers for this year compared to last year in that report, enrollment is looking pretty good so far. The report came out in the beginning of December with total plan enrollments coming in at just over 7 million 2024 OEP plan selections. 1,645,931 of those enrollments came from consumers that are new to the marketplace. The other 5,653,969 enrollments were from returning consumers. And if you're wondering how that compares to last year's data from around the same time, I did pull the second snapshot from the 2023 ACA open enrollment period. At that same point in time, total enrollment was almost 5.5 million enrollments. Over 1.1 million were from new consumers, while almost 4.3 million were returning consumers. So we're seeing decent growth in new and returning consumers compared to last year's numbers so far. ACA open enrollment closes on January 15th in most states, so it'll still be a little while until we get final numbers. That report came out during the last week of January in 2023, so we'll be keeping an eye out for that to update our comparison at the end of this month. Number three. 
as we rang in the new year on January 1st, 2024, a new law took effect that might apply to you if you are a beneficial owner of a limited liability company, or LLC for short. The Corporate Transparency Act aims to create transparency around LLC ownership. According to the official release, the law aims to, quote, curb illicit finance and requires many companies doing business in the U.S. to report information about the individuals who ultimately own or control them, end quote. Enter the Beneficial Ownership Information Registry, or BOI Registry, because again, we love our initialisms. This is the new registry formed for LLCs to report information about their company. Reporting companies must include information about their beneficial owners. Now, I wasn't sure what made an owner qualify as a beneficial owner, but Thankfully, FinCEN.gov put out a BOI small business compliance guide with some helpful information in it. We will be linking to that resource in our notes. That guide defines a beneficial owner as, quote, an individual who owns or controls at least 25% of a company or has substantial control over a company, end quote. Also important, the same paragraph goes on to describe a company applicant as, quote, an individual who directly files or is primarily responsible for the filing of the document that creates or registers the company, end quote. Now, if your insurance business is a limited liability company, you will likely need to register your company with the BOI registry, and there is a specific time frame to do that. For existing LLCs, meaning your company or LLC was created and registered prior to January 1, 2024, you have until January 1, 2025 to complete this registration. For newly created or registered companies from January 1, 2024 forward, those LLCs have 90 calendar days to file after your LLC creation or registration becomes effective. The BOI registry is asking that each beneficiary owner reports their full name, date of birth, address, and, quote, an identifying number and issuer from either a non-expired U.S. driver's license, passport, or document issued by a state, local government, or Indian tribe, end quote. As I mentioned, we'll be linking to the release and the guide in our notes. Highly recommend checking that out and getting that reporting complete now while the idea is fresh in your mind. Number four, holiday break was great this year. I had a lot of time to relax, and thanks to the unplanned cold, I had a chance to relax probably a little bit more than I normally would have had, but I played through the story version of Hogwarts Legacy on my Switch, and it was so much fun. But the one thing that was not fun was coming to the realization that I needed to add some restrictions on my phone because my daughter has gotten way too comfortable with grabbing my phone and using it while I am not. And well, if you're a parent, you know that sometimes means that you have to take things away. 
So that led me to a whole bunch of research. And ultimately, in addition to changing my passcode, which I was hoping not to have to do, adding guided access to my iPhone. First off, I want to say that what I wanted was the ability to put a password on the apps of my choosing on my iPhone. And I'm pretty sure that there are third-party apps that allow for that, but it's also not a very secure option. I settled on guided access because that gives me the ability to keep my daughter in one app and one app only. So after you go through the process of setting up guided access, which we'll be linking to a tutorial in the notes, you open up the app you would like to let your child use and click the side button three times. Once you enter guided access mode, you cannot leave it without clicking that side button again three more times and then also entering a passcode. Now, if you want, you can make it the same passcode as your login passcode, but I chose to make it something different. And then I also ended up having to change my regular phone password because my daughter knew what it was. Now, while admittedly it is not the solution I wanted, it is a solution that has worked so far. But I think being able to put individual apps behind an additional passcode that needs to be entered each time you open the app would be extremely helpful, especially for kids who are definitely not ready for their own phone, but are old enough to find ways to navigate through things and around things, like when they're supposed to be watching stories being read aloud on Storyline online, but end up using the app as a backdoor into YouTube. Now, we do use screen time on her devices, so this was a bit more of a challenge to find something that worked on my device that wasn't too prohibitive for me. Screen time is absolutely fantastic for being able to set all sorts of parental controls and time limits, but it's also limited to other devices. So if you've been dealing with some similar issues, I can honestly say this solution was not as complicated as I thought it was going to be. Setting everything up took only about five minutes, if that. So again, we'll be linking to those tutorials in the notes. Number five, and a quick mention here, Bing Chat is now Microsoft Copilot, and Copilot now lives on a standalone app that can be downloaded for Android, iOS, and iPadOS, in addition to being available on the web. It has the same functionality as Bing Chat, but Copilot brings an additional integration to allow for image generation through Dolly 3. Previously, you would have used separate sites to complete those tasks. And then probably the most compelling reason to download Microsoft Copilot. It pulls information from GPT-4, the most current large language model, while ChatGPT currently runs on GPT-3.5 unless you pay a subscription fee. Rupel recommends... A new year means time for new coffee menus. One that came out this week and the other that you might have missed sneaking in the last week of December. 
Beginning on Wednesday this week, Starbucks rolled out a new iced shaken hazelnut oat milk espresso and brought back the pistachio latte and the pistachio cream cold brew. Dunkin' released two new beverages on December 27th, which I somehow missed, the new white hazelnut bark coffee and the returning favorite pink velvet macchiato. I haven't had a chance to try any of these new drinks yet, but I will be sure to post them on the gram when I try them and let you know what I think. But that is all we've got for this week's episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing and fact check by Tina Lamaru. Podcast design by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with us wherever you like to listen. 